If you've never heard this show before, welcome. But I suggest starting at episode one. For those of you who have been following the story from the beginning, you know that last episode, everything changed. It's a straight blue line. Yeah, this is pregnant. Up until that moment, pregnant pause was theoretical. It was me trying to figure out what it feels like to be a parent. There's so much you don't think about in advance, that there will be years of not seeing your city at night because you're busy behind drawn curtains, hushing and rereading stories that have grown old. And I was also really interested in what it's like not to have a kid. Uh, we don't have any regrets about not having kids. We've had, we, we've had and are having a great life. My wife Shira had been ready to start trying for some time. So I'm frustrated that we're not on the same page. But luckily, she was patient enough to wait for me to try to get my shit together. What might be reassuring for you is that we're not on opposite pages. You're not like, hell yeah, let's do this. And I'm like, fuck no, no way. It, you're, it's more like, you're really into it. And I'm like, not there yet. During the first several episodes of the show, I didn't really find any answers. But at least I was able to talk some of this stuff out. And that really helped to dampen my anxiety. I realized I wasn't the only one having the feelings I was having. You're probably like the 17th person that I've specifically met that is having these same exact questions. A lot of my interviews helped me understand that most of the time we're existing in a state of unknowing. I have no answers. <laughs> and so when I realized I'd never be completely ready to have a child, we went for it. And in the spring of 2016, all the hypothetical and theoretical very quickly became real when Shira got pregnant. My nagging anxiety morphed into a strange combination of joy and shock. And we began planning for our new human. I'm excited. <laughs> I feel good about it. This is crazy. You're listening to Pregnant Pause. I'm Zach. Less than a week after we find out she is pregnant, she takes her friend Meredith out for a birthday dinner. And I'm just like running to the bathroom and I'm just sitting there and just we're having good, I was literally on the toilet smiling. Like I was, I was just, I think I had a funny story to tell Meredith and I was like excited to tell her. And I was, I was like smiling to tell her this and then I'm just like peeing and then I'm up, I'm, I wipe and I see blood. And what are you thinking? Oh my God, did I just have a miscarriage? But maybe I'm just being crazy and like too naughty. So Shira leaves the bathroom and walks back to her table where her friend Meredith is waiting. Yeah, and she sat down and she said, I'm pregnant and I think I just miscarried. And so I had a split moment, like a split second moment of feeling really, really happy and then so sad. And then so sad that the happy moment was compounded with the sad moment, that like they weren't separate moments. I think the first thing I said was, let's get you home. I get home and I tell you what happened and the classic thing that's kind of been playing out between us is I'm really upset and you're just trying to stay positive and move forward. And in kind of this whole discussion, because I really didn't know if I was being like hyper cautious or this was 
like maybe just a miscarriage or maybe it was okay, we decided, you know, let's go to the OBGYN because I definitely know that bleeding during pregnancy isn't normal. Um, So we went to the doctor the next day. I give a urine sample to confirm that I'm actually pregnant. The nurse comes back and says, we're going back to ultrasound. And so we're sitting in the room and doing the ultrasound. And the way this OB office is set up is that you can see the ultrasound on the big screen. And I don't see anything in the uterus. I came in thinking, Best case scenario, it's a viable pregnancy. Worst case scenario, it's a miscarriage. And then she finishes the exam and she confirms there's nothing in the uterus, but she completely reframed it and said, best case scenario, it's a miscarriage. Worst case scenario, it's an ectopic. An ectopic pregnancy is when the fertilized egg implants outside of the uterus most commonly in the fallopian tube. And so, to determine if Shira was having a miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy, which is a lot more rare, the doctor did a blood test. It was a Friday morning, and she told Shira to come back the following Monday so she could repeat the test. And what we wanted to see was by repeating it on Monday is if it was going down, and if it was indeed going down, then that would indicate that it was a miscarriage, or if it was going up, then that would indicate that it was an ectopic pregnancy. So we go to my parents' house for the weekend, and I'm now telling my mom, my brother, my sisters, my in-laws, my really close friends that I had told that I was pregnant. I was telling them that I had a miscarriage. So we spent that weekend just internalizing that we had lost the pregnancy, and that it was likely a miscarriage, and that we'd just try again. So Monday morning rolls around and my plan is I'm going to go get this lab work and then I'll go to work and it'll all be fine. And on the way to the lab to get the blood work, I had this sudden onset of severe right-sided abdominal pain. It was something I had never experienced. And I kept on driving almost thinking that like I was making it up or something it was just gonna pass it was just gonna pass but I'm in so much pain I was in tears and I get to the lab and I cannot even sit on a chair comfortably I am agonizing in pain Uh, my name is Diane Vista Deck. I'm an OBGYN at Hutzel Women's Health in Detroit, Michigan. Her first words were like, Shira, what is wrong? And she didn't look so great. So I'm sitting there. She examines my belly. The physical exam to her at that moment wasn't too concerning. So I'm like, okay, you know, maybe this is just going to pass because the exam is okay. And as I was sitting in the lobby talking to her, that's when we actually got the lab result. Saying that the beta level indeed doubled, meaning that it was an ectopic pregnancy and 
then Dr. Visadek took me back to ultrasound just to confirm. And we saw that the embryo was in the right fallopian tube and not in the uterus. About 15 to 20% of women who know they're pregnant end up having a miscarriage. But ectopics are a lot more rare. They affect about 1% to 2% of pregnancies. When they discovered Shira was having an ectopic, Dr. Vistadek sent her to the ER. Because I was worried that she could either be bleeding, start bleeding shortly, and needed to be evaluated more for possible surgery. I call Zach, I tell him he's going to meet me in the ER. I call my mom, she's going to come. And then I get to my car, and I just sit there, just crying. And I'm crying so hard that my contact falls out, which was a problem. And I just wanted for a minute to just sit and grieve because I knew that it was over and that I knew that I didn't just lose the pregnancy, but my health was now of concern. When you have an ectopic pregnancy, the concern is that the egg will keep growing inside the fallopian tube until the tube ruptures or even bursts. If that happens, you can start bleeding in the abdomen, and that can become life-threatening without surgery. So I get another ultrasound in the ER, and it's just me and the ultrasound tech, and I ask her, is there any blood in the abdomen? And she told me, yes. And I knew right then that meant I was going to urgent surgery. I was so, so scared of surgery. What was your biggest fear? Getting a tube down my throat. Anesthesia. How much blood was actually in the abdomen. Would I need a blood transfusion? Is my blood pressure going to drop? Am I going to go into shock? And all this is like running through my mind. And at this point, once we know that I have to go to surgery, you have to go home and feed the dog because we don't know how long we're going to be there. Right. And so I leave the hospital room where we were waiting and head out to the parking garage. But before I drive home, I climb into my back seat and call my mom and tell her what's going on. And then I think it all hit me at once. And I just started, I had like a good, long, hard cry, which I probably didn't want to do in front of you because I didn't want to, you know, make it any scarier than it already was. So I'm freaking out because you are bleeding internally. And I don't really know what's going on beyond that, other than we just lost the pregnancy. And that's devastating. So I'm mourning the loss of that and also just, like, hoping and praying that you're going to be okay. And so I go home and let the dog out and back in quickly And I rush back to the hospital, but by the time I get there, you've already been taken into surgery. So I'm just sitting in the waiting room with your parents. The surgeon finally comes out and tells us, you're doing fine. And he was able to stop the bleeding, but he did have to remove your right fallopian tube. And so we're just taking that in, your parents and I, and waiting for you to wake up from the anesthesia. The thing I remember when I first woke up is that I think I like tried to like get up to go to the bathroom and I was in so much pain. 
And I just was like, I remember feeling this is my new reality. You're going to be sore from the procedure itself. That's um, normal. That's normal. I have Norco 7.5 for you. You can okay. take one to two tabs every six hours as needed. Okay. okay. And then Motrin, 800 milligrams every six hours. It's better to kind of space them out. So you do your Norco and three hours later you take your Motrin. So you're always taking something every three hours. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Does it say that on the... I, I understand. It doesn't, okay. but... Okay. I so can. the alternative. I get okay. it. Okay. Um, and Her risk factor, unfortunately, because she's had an ectopic, is that she is at risk for ectopic again. Here's Shira's OBGYN again, Dr. Diane Vistadek. So as soon as Shira gets pregnant again, if that's what she desires, I would bring her in, watch those numbers early, and as soon as I know that I can see a pregnancy, we would look, and we would follow her more closely until we saw the heartbeat. And then once the heartbeat's developed, she falls back into the category of normal pregnancy. And what are the chances of, of it happening again? She has about a 15% chance of another ectopic pregnancy. Here we are at Shira's parents' house a day after the surgery. It's hard for me to move, just turn my body. Do you think it was one of the worst days of your life? Yeah, I think... I just can't, I couldn't, and I still can't believe what happened. It's almost surreal, like, like I'm just going to wake up, and I'm not going to have these incisions, and I'm not going to have belly pain, and I'm not going to, I'm going to have two fallopian tubes, and I'm just going to be like a normal woman trying to get pregnant. And then it hits me like, you just became part of a different category. Oh. Oh. The irony of all ironies is you make this podcast deciding if you want to have kids or not. And you have, like, the full control, right? Yes, I want them or I don't want them. And it's a choice. You make the choice, and then it's, like, totally out of your control. Or it makes the choice almost seem... Like, it didn't matter what we wanted. It didn't happen, and it didn't happen in the worst way possible. And it just really goes to goes to show us that we really have no idea, like, anything. It's not, even, not, even, not just about childbirth, but, like, anything can happen at any moment. Mm-hmm. But it is amazing that once we found out that you were pregnant, we were so excited... And then we found out about this, like, the loss of this makes us want it even that much more. Or actually, at least that's how I feel. You know what I mean? It's an interesting thing. Like, people talk about um, parents who have kids with special needs will, like, look on Facebook um, and, like, and these quote-unquote normal kids are doing things that their kids will never do. And there's, like, a deep, deep sadness to that. And I think women who struggle with infertility, they look at, you know, pregnant women or just families with kids and, like, you don't even know what you have. Totally. And I was looking on Facebook today and I saw, like, a few pictures of, like, pregnant women or something. And it just was, like, so, so sad that that wasn't me. And there's a possibility. 
It won't be me. Well, in whatever form we become parents, whether it's natural birth, which is very likely, adoption, like whatever it is, because it's going to be one of those things, I think that having gone through this is going to make us appreciate the child and being parents that much more. You know, whenever, especially as a physician, like, and whenever I'm like, I go to a doctor and they're always like, past medical history, and you're like, none. Past surgical history, none. And like, this thing of priding myself, like, I'm just like this really healthy 29 year old, and like, that's not me anymore. I'm a woman without all of my stuff. I decided I'm going to get my testicle removed in solidarity. Buddy, they're not equivalent. What would be an equivalent for me to get rid of? Gonad. What's a gonad? Buddy. Seriously, what's a gonad? Shira, what's a gonad? I've never known. Shira. On the next episode of Pregnant Pause, we dust ourselves off and try again. You have, you start ovulating again this weekend, right? Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us through all this. If Pregnant Pause has moved you in any way, please share it with your friends and family. Your enthusiasm is what's going to help us get new listeners to the show. We live at PregnantPausePodcast.com. Use that link to like, share, tweet, etc. Also, in the Apple Podcast app, This American Life only has a few more reviews than us, and we're trying to catch up to them and hopefully surpass them. Please do your part right now. Tell us what you think of Pregnant Pause. doesn't have to be too elaborate. Thanks. If you want to stay up to date with this show and the other projects I'm working on, sign up for our newsletter today, right now even, at PregnantPausePodcast.com. The simple sign-up form is at the bottom of the page. Our show is produced and edited by me and Shira, the courageous queen of my heart. We had production help from Max Lenski, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Henry Malofsky, and Josh Gwynn at Pineapple Street Media. Kira Denham is our graphic designer. Our theme song comes from the film Rocket Science. That song and a bunch of other music for this podcast comes from the great Eve Barsley. Find him at Bandcamp. Also thanks to Michigan's own Ghostly Songs for additional music. Yes, now I know that a gonad is a testicle.